Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Kuden. Who knows, this may become a daily thing at some point. But anyway, all right, so uh, here we are with uh, episode 107, and I've got James in the wings, like I always do. Does that make you my wingman? Anyway, um, so uh, question, right, to kind of lead this off. Uh, do you think that there would be a difference in the way someone trained between, now this is an either or, right? Okay. If they believe that fights were always going to be fair, there were going to be refs involved, they could ask for rematches, right? Things didn't work out well. Uh, that kind of thing, right? Uh, would that person train differently than someone who believed that there were no rules and, uh, at least not used by bad guys, right? No rules. Uh, the odds were always going to be unfair. It was about survival and not about winning anything, right? Um, and the possibility of being sent to the ER or the morgue was more than highly unlikely, right? Do you think that there'd be, there's a, there would be a difference between the way those two people trained, right? So uh, that'll set things up, and we'll uh, kick things off as soon as we... Uh, officially get started. So, the big question is this. How are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio, real training for real people in a real world. Excellent, and we're back. All right, so um, like I said, do you think there'd be a difference? If you didn't catch the very beginning uh, of, of everything, uh, what I kind of set up was, uh, do you think there'd be a difference in the way someone trained, martial arts, so-called self-defense, or whatever, right, between... Two different belief systems, right? One, believing that uh, there was always going to be a fair fight, right? Or uh, there would be refs involved. Somebody was always going to step in to break it up uh, or make sure it stayed fair. Uh, rematches were, you know, a given, right? If it didn't work out well for me, right, I could always ask for a rematch. Um, uh, you know, and, and there were sets of safety, you know, safety and rules and, and things like that in place, right? Do you think there'd be a difference between the way that person trained and the way someone who uh, someone would train if they believe that uh, bad guys don't use rules, right? Uh, there will always be unfair odds, right? And we would not be on the or that person would not be on the um, the positive side of the odds, right? Uh, it's about survival. It's not about winning. Uh, and there's always the possibility. Uh, there's a great chance, right? A huge possibility of going to the at least the emergency room, if not the morgue, right? If you screw up, do you think there'd be a difference, right? I know it's a rhetorical question. Yeah, there'd be a difference, right? But to watch how people train or to to listen to the way people describe things, right? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know that people give much thought to that, right? Anyway. Uh, you know, it actually reminds me of a of a of a 
situation that I I was dealing with in my in, in my in my alter ego in my guise as um, a corporate workplace violence consultant. I remember working with a group, um, and uh, a company brought me in, right? And it was a hospital, and we're, we're, you know, we're, they they want to implement some things because in the emergency room, they were having these major problems. There were a couple of other departments that were kind of second place to it, but anyway, they wanted to handle these things. And one of their legal, one of the people from their legal department, kind of perked up and said, "This is this is unfathomable. I mean, I mean why would we need anything like this?" These people, everybody that comes in is required to sign a non-aggression agreement, right? So the very idea of them acting out is is unthinkable. And I just like stopped. And I looked at him and I said, does that piece of paper that they're signing, will that stop a bullet? Will that stop a knife? Will that stop a punch? Whatever. He just kind of looked at me and, and the entire meeting. I mean, he was just completely against this stuff because he actually believed that because this piece of paper was created and this person signed it, that that very act would prevent them from violating it. Because, you know, the very act of any kind of legislative body whether it's state, local, federal, or whatever, passing laws against assault, drugs, murder, robbery, whatever, that that very thing, right, um, prevents people from breaking laws. Well, of course not, right? Anyway, Sensei, what the hell does this have to do with anything, right? Well, uh, I got a question that was sent to me the other day uh, by one of my guys, uh, Jeff, no relation, even though the first name's the same, right? Anyway, um, he 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 sent a picture, right? It was actually a screenshot of uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't even know what site it came from, but uh, he was kind of confused. Uh, you know, I'm not going to read his thing. I'll just paraphrase. He said, "Somehow this doesn't seem right to me. Can you, you know, can you give me your take on this, right?" And it was very very simple, right? It was just someone's comment. Someone had asked what Taijutsu meant, right? And this person said, well, it's simple. Taijutsu means unarmed self-defense or unarmed martial arts, um, which is wrong. <laughs> um, it's not that it doesn't imply it if you're in that realm, and that can, that can, be, that can be what it means to you, right? Um, but again, here we're back to my little premise thing, right? Somebody training based on the way they translate something or the way they think about it, right? Um, you know, if, if, uh, I remember my, in my sport martial arts days, right? Um, you know, if you shifted your head, so this kick missed, but it fell within this range from the side of your head to the corner of your shoulder, uh, there were certain martial arts that that still counted as a, as a hit, right? Um, I think James probably trained in something like that as well, right? It still counted as a headshot because, you know, if the guy really wanted to kick you in the head, he would have kicked you in the head. Uh, no, he wanted to kick me in the head, and I moved my head, and he missed. But the rules were set up that, you know, uh, all kinds of things, right? Um, 
certain types of techniques, right? Uh, and people not being able to do them because they weren't bigger, stronger, or whatever, right? Um, anyway, so all kinds of weird stuff. But anyway, uh, what I wanted to do is take a look at this term, Taijutsu, and break it down and kind of look at it from the Japanese perspective because, duh, right? That's where it comes from. And Hatsumi Sensei is always uh, reminded, well, not always, not always. For the better part of my martial career, Hatsumi Sensei was always being uh, very, what we would call wind-like, right? Um, because he didn't see it as his responsibility to make sure that you did all the background research based on the lessons that he taught so that you could understand the fullness of the lessons that he taught, right? Um, so anyway, uh, what I want to do is I want to break it down. And I'm going to do some uh, some kind of connections to some some uh, like at least one other word that uh, I don't know. It's it's connected to the martial arts, but I don't know if a lot of people uh, have studied this stuff either, right? But anyway, uh, if you look at the uh, the graphic that I sent out with the emails or that are on the posts or. Uh, once you're finished listening to this, unless you're watching the recording or whatever, go back to the very beginning, right? There's that little sl title slide that's up and has me in a thoughtful posture, right? Um, with the description, in the background at a diagonal are these two big kanji, right? Not the kanji over on the right-hand side for kuden, right? Just in case you missed that along the way somewhere, right? But these big ones that are like uh, grayed out kind of, right? Uh, those are the kanji for taijutsu, right? Um, which is something that gets thrown around a whole lot, right? It's almost like it's become a brand, like Band-Aids, right? Band-Aids, the word Band-Aid is a company-branded name for an adhesive bandage, right? And yet it's kind of taken over in our society, right? Band-Aids, everybody knows what a Band-Aid is, right? Even if you go to, to Walmart or Walgreens or whatever your favorite pharmacy is, right? And you buy uh, generic adhesive bandages because nobody else is allowed to use the term Band-Aid on their box except the company that owns the Band-Aid brand. But 99.9% .9 of the people who go and buy adhesive bandages or generic Band-Aids, right, call them what? Band-Aids, right? It's the same thing with Jell-O, like Jell-O pudding, right? Jell-O is a brand name for gelatin, right? A certain type of gelatin made by a certain company. But people go and buy friggin' generic gelatin all the time and call it what? Jell-O, right? So this is what's happened to Taijutsu, all right? Way back in the day... When we got these lessons, or we everybody got the lessons, right? Before they got bastardized, before things got twisted, before lazy minds did shit to them, right? Um, everybody, everybody was very, very clear. About, well, <laughs> the lessons were very clear about how this stuff was supposed to work. Okay, so again, what I want to do is break down this idea of taijutsu, and we're gonna kind of Take a look at something else, right, that you probably have involved in your own training, regardless of whether you 
training needed to or something else, right? Um, and then we'll, we'll circle back so that people get a better idea because just like that, that little either or question I had in the beginning, right? Psychologically, and this has been proven through how many different studies and I mean, even before our Western science got a hold of it, right? It's, it's one of the central premises of, of, uh, Mikyo, whether it's in its esoteric form or the exoteric form or whatever, right? All these mind sciences, all these, all these things tell us that the way we see something, what we believe about it, our perceptions, our views, our beliefs, whatever, automatically condition the way we think, the way we speak, the way we plan, the way, the way we act, the way we interact, all that, right? So we might want to make sure that that's aligned correctly, right? So really, really simple, right? The word Taijutsu means body art or body skills, right? You can look up both of these kanji, right? It's not that difficult. Um, just, just know that the cheaper, quicker, more expedient thing that someone goes looking up, right? The lazy version, right? Um, is going to have a, is going to have a different kind of approach to things, right? Because it's quick, it's it's easy, right? Um, if you were to get a, um, is it uh, Nelson's uh, Japanese to English uh, translation, right? I think is, is it Nelson? I think it's Nelson. Uh, there might be a Hepburn as well. But anyway, these big dictionaries, right? That you know uh, the the word no, like. The no between ichimonji no kamai, uh, jumonji no kamai, whatever, right? Um, that's one option in small print on, I think the last time I counted, uh, two and a half, three pages, small print of all the different things that the, the syllable or the sound no could mean in, uh, in Japanese, right? In this case, it's just a connector word, uh, like a particle, right? But, uh, lots of different things, right? But again, you know, grab something cheap and easy, you're going to get cheap and easy. But what we're looking at here is the way we define something, and something as simple as taijutsu will condition the way we train, okay? So taijutsu, tai, body, okay? Jutsu, the kanji jutsu, right? Uh, I, once I started to understand how these things were designed and how uh, most of them are picture words, right? They're, they're, they're like Egyptian hieroglyphics, right? It's a picture of something, right? That points to the meaning, just like our nin, right? There's a blade, or actually the edge of a blade over a heart, right? And that points to, uh, different things, right? So, uh, but the, the kanji for, uh, for jutsu, is actually, it's composed of the kanji for a gate, right, and a path, right, like an entrance to kind of thing, right, and without going into that um, too deeply, right, body art, body skills, okay, but what I was taught way back in the day is that taijutsu is a generic term, okay, every endeavor, Every activity that involves physical uh, skills, 
football, uh, American football, right? Soccer, uh, basketball, dance, different types of dance, gymnastics, whatever, right? All of these people, all of these athletes, all of these uh, practitioners, right, have their own taijutsu because it just means body skills, right? What's important, as in a lot of cases uh, with the Japanese language, is the word that's attached to it, right? And we'll talk about that when I come back to this, right? This is very much like the word gi, G-I, right? Uh, for my beginners, my basic people, when they join the school, and they all get workbooks as they go through these different modules for training, has has uh, vocabulary and translations and uh, big old spaces where there's the title of a technique and whatnot, and a big old space where they can write in their own notes and, and things like that, right? just kind of comes with the training. Um, to keep things simple in the beginning, they're taught this word gi to mean uniform, but it's more, I mean, it, it is a uniform. It can be translated as clothing, that kind of stuff, right? But well, we'll, we'll stay toward the uniform kind of idea, right? These clothing for a certain uh, endeavor, right? But gi is rarely used by itself. There's always a word that comes before it, right? I'm not going to go into a bunch of Japanese words, but, uh, you know, a policeman's uniform would have the word for police, gi. Firefighter, gi, right? This kind of thing, right? It's not just it's not just tossed out there, right? Same thing with a martial arts uniform, okay? Most often, it's kekogi or dogi, right? Dogi, right, uh, is clothing worn in a dojo, but we have to understand that first part, right? So uh, a dojo is uh, often translated as a place where enlightenment takes place, okay? Or a uh, place where the way, or a place of the way kind of thing, right? Um, keiko, keikogi, keiko means old ways, right? So keikogi is clothing for practicing the old ways. Dogi is clothing for enlightenment, right? Enlightenment clothing, whatever, right? Okay. So Tajitsu is this way, right? So one, Tajitsu doesn't mean unarmed self-defense. It doesn't mean unarmed martial art. Matter of fact, my new students also, they get questions uh, for testing and they're in the workbooks as well. One of those questions is, uh, what is the Japanese term for our unarmed martial art or our unarmed self-defense method? Okay. And what does that mean in English? So lazy students will see the question, see the answer, assume and put them together instead of reading the entire thing and understanding, oh, well, crap. What is the term we use for our unarmed martial art or unarmed self-defense method? And what does that mean in English? Right? That's, that, that means they're not the same. Okay? So, I wouldn't ask a question. 
<laughs> that had the answer already embedded in it. That would be pointless. I mean, it's bad enough that I give the answers to a lot of these things um, and not make people look up nearly as much as my teachers assumed that I was going to look up or be stupid. Right. So uh, they get this in the very beginning to understand how this goes together. Right. Um, so, again, you know, the, the term, right, what's the term for unarmed martial art? Tied to. Uh, that's not the answer, right? James isn't shaking his head yet because I can see him in a little window, right? The answer is ninpo tied to, right? Not tied to. It's ninpo tied to. Right? And I know everybody's throwing around the word budo tied to. We don't use that term. And if we do, we use it in very specific circumstances, right? Ninpo taijutsu. What does that mean in English? It means the ninja's body art, the ninja's body skills. It means body skills for persevering, right? Or living to this uh, natural way, ninpo, right? Um, ninpo ikan. The law of the ninja is the way of the universe. The law of the ninja is the one way kind of thing, right? But either way, ninpo taijutsu, right? So it's not left alone, right? Because we're not doing football taijutsu. We're not doing, sorry, I'm uh, in the U.S., so we have football and we have soccer. I get it. Everybody else has football and American football. I get it, right? But when I throw these around, stay with me, right? So we're not doing dance body skills. We're not doing yoga body skills, right? So... Uh, we're doing ninpo taijutsu, right? So body skills for persevering, for stealth, for, I mean, ninpo, what's all included in ninpo, right? Okay. Uh, and then if you've been through my, uh, what is it, James, is the, it's, it's in the Eight Gates program, right? It's like module one, right? Where we talk about the difference between uh, ninpo taijutsu, budo taijutsu, that kind of stuff, right? So ninpo uh, well, let's go, go with Budo, right? A lot of people throw around the word or the term Budo Taijutsu, right? Which was actually something that we didn't do until 1998, okay? Everybody in the Bujinkan practiced Ninpo Taijutsu, okay? It wasn't until 1998 after a bunch of morons were screwing around and hurting themselves or hurting other people or whatever. Some of you guys already know the story, right? And people's basics were lousy and... Manaka Sensei, Manaka Shihan, had split from the uh, Bujinkan, honorable reasons, right? Not the Bujinkan, set up his Jidenkan and was focusing on basics and basic basics because most Westerners had crappy basics, right? So um, Hatsumi Sensei said, look, you know, Nijutsu is a variation on conventional warrior skills. Until people get that right and they understand that, it's not possible to practice this other thing. So for a while, we're going to be doing Budo Taijutsu. We're going to be doing Budo, conventional Budo, right? And so here the term is born and within not even a full day uh, ends up in news stories that we're not doing. We don't do Nimpo Taijutsu or we don't do Nimpo or Ninjutsu. We do Budo Taijutsu and Next thing you know, it's like the game telephone, right? So now here we are, what? 1998, 08, 18, 
shit, well over 20 years later, everybody thinks they know what the hell's going on. And really what you have is one bad translation after another, after another, after another. Okay. All right. So Budo, what does Budo mean? Bu, Marshall, Do, Ways. So Budo Taijutsu, literally translated, is body skills for combat, for, for Budo, right? For, for fighting, right? Um, Ninpo, right? I, I just, I think I just did this for my, my, uh, my inner circle guys. I just did a, a class. Is that right, James? I just did a class between, um, and it's actually from a poem from, uh, from the scrolls, right? Uh, I can't remember which one. I think the Kumogakure scrolls. Either way, it's a poem that describes the differences between the do, the jutsu, and the ho, or po, right? So you have to be very clear about how these things are different, right? And how the approach is different and what's, what's involved, right? Anyway, we don't, I don't have that kind of time, uh, during this episode, but, um, if you're interested, you can always, you know, join us in training. But anyway, um, where's I going to get, where's I going with this? Uh, da, 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 da. oh, Ninpo, right? So Nin means to persevere or to endure. Not the same as the pronunciation Shinobu. Right? Shinobu. Same kanji, different pronunciation. Nin, from the original Chinese, Nin, right? Means to persevere, to endure, right? Uh, to win against the odds, those kind of things, right? Shinobu means to be stealthy, to steal in, to enter in. It's very different, right? So, Nin, right? Persevere, to endure, what? Right? It was the first question that Takamasa would say, ask Hatsumi would say when they first met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got all these black belts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got all these skills, but can you survive? Survive what? Doesn't matter. Can you survive? Right? But anyway, yin, right? And then pole, pole is a transliteration. It's a, it's a linguistic alteration to the, from the word whole, right? Whole, which means law, right? So, what that's pointing to, whole in Japanese points to this idea of dharma in Sanskrit or truth as in universal, like the what is, right? Think like things that you can't logically deny, like gravity and all these other things, right? We normally use the term uh, or point to things like uh, the term shizen implies, right? Natural laws, right? universal laws, that kind of thing, right? Not Not human. Uh, created laws, not that kind of thing, right? So what we're looking at here is this whole idea of this law of persevering, the law of surviving, the law of enduring, that kind of thing, right? So what's involved in that, right? Is it just fights? Is it just physical self-defense? Is it no, right? So now when we're talking about Taijutsu, right, we have these body skills, Right? Body art for enduring. Enduring what? If you trip over a crack in the sidewalk and you're going to face plant, can you save yourself? You weren't being attacked by 
a human being. Nobody was trying to open up your gut. Nobody was trying to perforate your body. Nothing like that, right? Uh, you slipped on ice. You're going to fall on your tailbone. Or in my case, I slipped on ice, uh, what, two years ago? Almost two years ago? Over to, I don't know. Shit. Anyway, came down on hard, uh, the point of hard concrete steps and broke my back, right? And people are like, huh, well, guess that didn't save you. No, no, no. My, I went into this breakfall kind of thing. Tachinage. Tachinage. No, Tachinage. And saved my skull. But in that instant, you can't save everything. So you prioritize, right? And I minimized the damage. But either way, right? There's this, right? What about an attack from a, from a wild animal or, you know, vicious dog or whatever, right? Okay. That's part of Nimpo Taijutsu. Not necessarily part of Budo Taijutsu. Okay. Same thing, you know, person's having a heart attack or they're, uh, you know, they're um, on their phone and not paying attention or whatever, and you're crossing the street and a car is going to hit you, right? Is that Budo Taijutsu? No. Do some of the skills cross over and could be in the same play or, you know, in, in, on both lists? Yeah, of course, right? But we're back to the the two martial artists. One's training based on one premise, always fair fights, always a ref involved, all that kind of stuff. And you got somebody else who's practicing, recognizing that the odds are not even. There isn't a ref. There may not, probably not, be anybody coming to my to my aid. In today's world, even if you're surrounded by a whole bunch of people, how many of them will be standing around calling 911 and not video recording you getting your ass handed to you kind of thing, right? I mean, if they're video recording cops being attacked and not helping, then you don't stand a chance, right? So there's, again, there's this difference, right? And that difference points to what has to be a part of the training, right? To translate Tajitsu as self-defense or unarmed self-defense or unarmed martial arts, right? Does that mean it's not? Well, body skills, body art, I guess we could be splitting hairs, but I don't think so. Because if I hold weapons, those weapons require certain body skills, Right? Tajitsu is at the base of everything, but it's not its own standalone thing, right? Unarmed. Unarmed, right, is what's in Muto, Muto Dori, right? Muto without a blade, okay? That implies empty hand. That implies being unarmed, okay? Muto Dori, unarmed catch, that's the, the catch part. But what Hatsumi Sensei, and, and we did a whole class, I don't know if I did it with you guys or if I did it with my, my in-house guys. I'm thinking at the moment I did it with my in-house guys because they're the ones that get all the uh, the deep dive kind of stuff. But um, we, we took a look at the, the lessons I got from Hatsumi Sensei about Muto Dori and how one of the first lessons was you forget about the weapon. You forget about the blade, so it could mean any weapons, but it, it's not about just the blade, right? So it's the same thing with this, with, right? Okay. So if we're really going to get this stuff, if we're really going to be studying what we think we're studying, then we better have a better understanding. It's kind of like um, I studied uh, tax laws 
bunch of years ago. And one of the things, because, you know, again, here's another one of these areas, and I believe it's, it's probably true in every country, right? Uh, I only know about the U.S. because that's where I studied them here, right? When it comes to laws, if there are words in the body of the law that need a specific, to need to be specifically defined, to make sure that people aren't confusing it with something similar, right? In our in our uh, uh, federal tax laws, there are definitions for the word state with a capital S, state with a lowercase s, United States, capitalized, capital U, United, capital S states, lowercase. United States, lowercase u, United, lowercase s states. They mean very specific things, right? There are very, very specific words that will be there so that when you read the law, you're not basing your translation on Webster's definition or on common belief or whatever or assumption you're basing it on very specific definitions. And there aren't, there aren't often a lot, but there, when there could be two different meanings, right? Like capitalized United States is a federal entity. Lowercase United States is the collective United States that make up this country that we have, right? Very different. Capitalized S, again, uh, for state, government entity, lowercase s, place where people live, right? Uh, I live in the, I live in Pennsylvania, right? Which is a commonwealth, not a state based on federal law or based on the law and the way these things are, are structured, right? And a commonwealth has certain, uh, certain, um, uh, freedoms and, and structure and, and things like that that go on about it. That's not the same as a state. Interesting, huh? Right? So, but this stuff happens all the time, right? Needed to, Ninpo, surviving and enduring, right? How do I endure challenges where somebody's coming at me from a certain perspective in my life where that threatens my freedom, where taxes are involved or legalities are involved or whatever, where I could end up in jail, where I could be be facing major major fines right but i can't protect myself because i'm a cripple right they're coming at me from a certain perspective how do i know that they're not blowing smoke up my ass how do i know that that lawyer isn't or that federal or that that enforcement agent or whatever isn't operating based on conventional belief or trying to manipulate things when you know, it's one of the things that saved me in the military quite a bit, where I knew regulations better than, right? Um, this is all part of NINPO. This is what I was taught by my teachers early, early, early on, okay? from Hatsumi Sitsei all the way down. You have to understand what it is that you're dealing with. You have to understand any realm that you're in, right, so that you can't be taken advantage of, so that you can't be harmed in ways that you didn't foresee or that you didn't expect. Okay. I know 
just starting off with this little word, Pagetu, right? But we've got to be clear on it, right? Are you doing Pagetu? I don't know. Are you? Football, dance, I mean, let's just stay within the realm of martial arts. Are you doing a Taekwondo's practitioners, Taijutsu? Are you doing a Kempo Karate practitioners, Kempo? Are you doing a Judoka's Taijutsu? Do you get it? Right? Budo Taijutsu. What type? Well, you know, Bujinkan Budo Taijutsu. Okay. So an assimilation of nine schools, or are we doing Gyokoryu Budo Taijutsu? Right? Or are we doing Ninpo Taijutsu? Which, by the way, Ninpo Taijutsu includes Budo Taijutsu. And a whole bunch of other things. Right? Like Suida, Suiden. Suiden, right? Water skills, how to traverse water. Okay? Everything from swimming to stealth swimming to hiding underwater and breathing through a tube. All that. That's all part of Nimpo Taijutsu. How do I keep my body sunk in the water and breathing in a way that I don't take in, I take in enough air that I'm keeping myself okay, but not so much that I overinflate my lungs and my body rises toward the surface. How do I, do you understand? Okay. If we're not clear, well, we're still going to we're still going to impress all the people that are at the same level or lower, right? Because they don't know any better. They don't know any better, right? If we, I guess, if we have to impress anybody at all, okay. And this isn't about whether or not we can win a fight or whatever. Okay, because you can study any system of self-defense and stand a really good chance of protecting yourself. Just like when people are throwing around around the term henka, right? Variation. Henka requires a base to be a variation of, right? So, uh, but people throw the word henka around. Well, that was a variation, right? I couldn't do this thing over here, so I did this variation. No, you didn't. You did something else. It's not that what you did didn't work, but, right? As Hatsumi Sate always taught, and (laughs) I remember one time he he was rather adamant about it, right? Which is uncharacteristic from what most people saw, right? But he stopped right in the middle of a technique, and he said, Henka, right? This is Henka, right? Be careful and make sure you understand Henka, because Henka is not the same as doing whatever the hell you want, right? Okay? So uh, you you can you can save yourself any way you want, right? Don't confuse doing something that you need to do to survive with being good taijutsu. Hatsumi said, "There's a quote that's floating around, and I think we might have even shared it too, right?" Hatsumi Sensei said that you know. Uh, in a in a survival situation or in a fight, you're not worried about looking pretty. So anything that helps you win is nijutsu. But it's not necessarily good taijutsu. Okay? It's not necessarily good nimpo taijutsu. 
if you read the book that uh, that uh, uh, was translated a bunch of years ago, I think it was uh, this big manual that you put together. We typically refer to it as the Tenchijin, Tenchijin Uriakunomaki, right? The Heaven, Earth, and Mankind Scrolls. It's this book. It was originally titled Togakureyu Ninpo. Or Togakureyu Ninpo Taijutsu. I don't know. Anyway, all these books and titles go together anymore. Um, but in the in the chapter on Taijutsu, right, we want to primarily move from the ground up. Legs first, torso next, upper limbs after that. Unless you can't move your legs, in which case you have to move your torso, right? So there are all the, always these little adjustments and things based on what we're talking about, right? But we have to know what the hell we're talking about, right? Whether we do or we don't, the way we define it determines the outcome we're going to get in addition to the amount of energy, commitment, direction, uh, avoidance of procrastination, <laughs> all kinds of things, right? But either way, right, um, uh, we need to make sure that we know what, what, it, what it is that we're talking about, okay? And that's the, the, the place that I like to start students is what do the kanji point to? Right. What's being what's being uh, addressed. Right. What does this mean? Right. Um, so this is a big part of our Mikyo uh, mindset. Right. Understanding and being very, very clear. This is often not not a big uh, not a big deal in the West because we have we have uh, we have statements uh, or, or little cliches like, you know, good enough for government work or same difference or. I don't know. What are some other ones? Um, they, they really point to vagueness. You know what I meant, right? Um, but my Japanese tutors would always look at me and just kind of shake their head and go, I, "How do you? How do you even? How do you even communicate in English and get your point across? The English language is so vague, right? Or Japanese is very specific. Even though it's <laughs> really funny, there's a ton of ways to say the same thing." But each of those things is contextual about very specific kind of things, right? There's way more structure to it, right? So in the words of Hatsumi Sensei, um, what was it, maybe 2008-ish, 2008-2010, give or take. I'm trying to remember when somebody got themselves in trouble. It was a Japanese daishian. Um, give or take about then in his words you're studying a Japanese martial art we shouldn't have to teach you about the culture and the etiquette and how to understand it that's part of your study so that you can understand it so anyway just one word right Tajitsu just one word and I'm, I'm really glad that Jeff brought this to my attention just one word, but you know what? It, it's all it's all over the place. People throw this stuff all, just all over, right? Uh, like the term kyokutsu shoge, right? For this this uh, uh, composite weapon that was actually created by uh, one of the seniors, if not one of the soke, in the, he's the one credited for it, right? Um, in the gyokoryu, right? This uh, hooked dagger 
with a long rope on it. It was typically made out of horses or women's hair because of its strength, right? And then this metal ring on the end of it. It's actually a combination of a kaginawa, um, uh, uh, kaginawa? Naginawa, right? Uh, like these little thrown hook kind of things, right? That people carried for utility things. Long rope. And what literally is a broken piece of a kamayari, right? A sickle spear, right? Everybody keeps translating this thing as a sickle spear, right? Or it's not a sickle spear, as a, as a, uh, hook dagger weapon, right? Um, and that's an expedient if people know what you're talking about, but the, the, the actual translation is closer to, um, oh, what is it? Uh, playing, running around the hills and fields, right? <laughs> it's, it's this, it's this really strange translation for something that points to something that is like, it was an expedient fashioned together, right? And can be used in, you know, something can be used in many different ways, right? So the idea is like, you know, you're running around and playing, but what it really means is more like having a MacGyver mindset, right? Some bad shit happened on a battlefield, right? This weapon got broken, or there was a piece laying around, and I need something to create a weapon of distance, right? But what I've got is this short dagger with a hook on it, and I've got a length of rope that has a weight on the end of it, but what I need is something that I can keep guys with 36 inch razor blades farther away from me. Right. So how do I, how do I, you know, and that's, that's what would happen. Right. Got fashioned together. This guy did his thing and then it gets passed down, you know, with uh, techniques being developed and, and all that kind of stuff. Right. But it's this, it's, it's a weird translation. Right. Um, but it, you know, uh, it is what it is, right? So my my I, I guess today's um, episode is a cautionary tale, right? Be careful, right? What you believe things to be. Don't just take somebody's word at face value. This is needed to, for God's sake. We're supposed to be studying uh, uh, deception and manipulation and those kind of things, right? Not just to do it. But to not be affected by it. That's that's the point of the eighth gate in the in the Nijino Hatsimon, right? Nijino Kyomon. Knowledge. Knowledge bases, right? All these things that can, that that need to be studied so that we can be more successful, we can be more influential, we can be more powerful, we can be let's see, uh protected against the Nijino Uge, the deception, manipulation, and influence of others. Right. Um, it's 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 bad enough to be manipulated and deceived by people who are really, really, really smart and really cunning. And I mean, that's 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 really difficult. Right. But to allow ourselves to be manipulated and deceived and uh, misdirected by ignorant morons. Oh. Oh, that should never <laughs> That should never happen, right? But it does because of 
laziness and all that other crap that goes on, right? Just like when people, you know, or they get their news from all kinds of reputable sources on their cell phone, scrolling at 500 miles an hour, reading nothing but headlines. Because if they read the articles, they'd realize what kind of shoddy work was put together, how it's not real journalism, and how most pieces that are out today are more like opinion pieces than they are about actual researched topics. And you would know that if there was more of a deep dive. But who's got time for that? Look at all the shit, right? And for those of you listening to audio only, I just did my little finger swipe on my cell phone, right, to swipe down. I mean, look at all the stuff I've got to catch up on. I don't have time. You're a ninja. Make time. It's about information. Right. Anyway, all right. James, I want you to fire yourself up over there because I know I kept saying I kept seeing these little notifications pop up, but I don't address them. So um, who's on? Any questions? Any comments? Is there anything you want to throw on top of this fire? You've been around for a while. Right? Um, like me, you trained in in uh, on both sides of that paradigm that I opened up early on, too, with, uh, you know, does that does, does the. Does the premise, right, about the way a fight's going to happen or whatever, does that uh, does that affect how people train? Did it affect how you trained? I know it did me. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, that's part of the reason I got away from that is I did a lot, or what I did had a lot of competitive focus to it. It might not have been their sole focus, Um I was in some schools that was, but even the ones that wasn't, it still leaned that way. And then when you start talking to people that are involved with, you know, dealing with violence through their work or just life experience, or you start seeing, I mean, it was way back, but you could see videos here and there or like news clips of things happening. You're like, yeah, that, that doesn't look like what I'm doing, even though, you know, they say that's what it's for. This looks nothing alike. And uh, just like, you know, the competitive side of it, <clears throat> you know, I did that for a while. And just like you said, you know, you can stick a hand or a foot beside somebody's head and, you know, well, that counts as a headshot. And then you can train yourself then to start pulling those things, you know, and intentionally miss because in some, you know, some things, if you actually make contact, you can lose points or get disqualified or whatever. And then, you know, I'm just like, this is just not you know, not what I'm looking for. And it's instilling these bad habits and traits. And, and then some of them, like I said, there weren't competitive base, but it was uh, thrown out there that it was a way to like test your skills, so to speak, you know, and they had like a self-defense part of it, but you're like, none of these things are match are matching up. Right. And that's when I started. Well, that's, one, that's one of the reasons why a lot of adults drop out of martial arts very, very early on. Right. And people, instructors need to, you know, really do some self, um, self checking to make sure that, you know, and I, and I get it, doing traditional things and whatnot, right? Doing traditional things traditionally. Well, how far back are we talking traditional? Because some of our traditional stuff started with Takamatsu Sensei, right? Or Toto Sensei or whatever, right? Um, but most adults drop out. 
early on because they don't see anything that looks like what they've seen and they're afraid of, right? I mean, even even the high school you know fights, right? I mean, I mean people in the martial arts train that way, or you know, it, I don't know. They might it might look close if you're looking at conventional sparring, but you know, as soon as you suit up, right, then they, dumb things can start to happen. I mean, I watched it with one of my teachers, right? In his school, everybody suited up, right? So you had chest protector on, you had gloves and all that. And had I done what his taijutsu turned into when I was coming up through the ranks, holy shit, I'd never been promoted, right? But next thing you know, because the gloves compress and absorb so much, the chest protectors do things, and you've got to, like, shove the guy away and do different things to create the kind of effect you wanted, right? Um, suddenly, everybody's dropping their shoulders in, their heads are leaning forward, toes are turned in like a boxer, all kinds of wild and crazy things that everything changed, right? And, again, you know, we're not talking about that tonight, but it's, it's in the same realm. If you don't adjust for your training gear, and what your training gear does to your skill set, right, results-oriented, if you don't adjust for that or account for it, you're going to be doing some dumb stuff, right? You're going to be um, – you're not going to recognize. Like, uh, as an example, students put gloves on, and, you know, sometimes we work with training gear at the dojo and all that so that people can get a little bit more energetic, right? But what will happen is – the uke will forget, or the tori, will forget that a shot to the ribs with knuckles causes a very specific kind of response. And, and the guys watching on video can see what I just did. Uh, audio, you know, not, but, you know, maybe have somebody tapping the ribs every once in a while, right? Or pokey or whatever, right? That little flinch response. Now, amplify that with a big old freaking punch, right? And... Imagine what that's going to do or the floating rib cracking or, or displacing, right? Piercing into one of the friggin' soft organs or something like that, right? It changes everything, but you put on all this foam, right? And now there's this protection. And what ends up happening is you're doing your techniques, but your partner is acting like he's the terminator and none of the shots work, right? Nothing, nothing is working, right? So if you don't do that, if, if you don't adjust for it, then you end up with shit, right? Because you're going to be doing things that are either, either going to compromise you or as the person wearing the, the stuff, you know, and, and getting hit or whatever. And because of the fact that you're dismissing what would actually be happening, you're going to be extremely surprised when a shot lands on your ribs or hits a clavicle or whatever, uh, you know, in a bad situation. Uh, you know, at the dojo, we use all these stand-up training bags, right? But uh, I know there's lots of folks that have hanging bags, right? I was taught very, very early on in my training that when, if you're using a hanging bag, you have to you have to adjust for the fact that it's a hanging bag, right? And it's not a human being. It's not. It doesn't. It doesn't move like a human being, right? Uh, a lot of people, when they're working with hanging bags, they want to get that damn thing swinging, right? Because it just feels more powerful, right? 
except that human beings don't, they're not hanging, right? If they are, you're either, you know, attacking a corpse, right? Or you've already won, but either way, knocked off, you know, stop, stop doing that dumb shit, right? Um, so, uh, you know, when you're hitting, what you want is the bag to be moving laterally in space and bouncing around on the chains, if, if you have to use that. Right. We've just been a big fan of not. Right. We get these these bags that have weighted or these targets have weighted bases because they tip and, and lean from the upper body when when they get hit. Right. So it, it's more in line with the way a human being is. We used to take military duffel bags or laundry bags or whatever and partially stuff them with clothing so that they had a firmness to them. But they also give gave kind of like a rib cage or whatever. Right. And that's what we punched into because now we had that feel of that firm resistance, but it also had give. It wasn't like the firm resistance of a of a of heavy bag that didn't move at all, right? Or you're lucky if it it gave at all, right? I mean, uh, you you've punched brand new heavy bags, right? I mean, they're mm-hmm. they're like punching a softer version of a telephone pole, right? I mean. But there's no there's no give to it, right? So the human body is going to fold and move, right? And there's going to be give whether it's balance breaking or the body folding around it or the head moving or whatever as the strike happens, right? But if people aren't adjusting for that, then everything changes. The entire training, the entire skill set we think we're developing, the responses we think we're going to get from somebody, right? If we even give any thought to the response and the and the the karmic chain of events and the cause and effect and, and whatnot, right? It's all different. Um, from the very, from mod one, right? Up, we teach people how to correctly hold a target. So when their partner's punching it and how to move with that hit, right? So the target remains perpendicular to the line of attack, right? But what most people do is they hold the target and then when the person hits it, Right. They'll let their arms swing from the shoulder. Right. Like if I hit a human being, they will their body will swing like a door that's opening. Right. Um, That's not the way it works. Right. And now how or I'll hold it firmly so he can punch it. But I'm not going anywhere. I just stay right there. Right. Like if I hit somebody, there might be some give. But again, I'm back to hitting the Terminator and he hasn't gone anywhere. When the reality is every time I hit him. He should be staggering back and I'm going to have to shuffle in there and stay with him. Right. So that I can do the next one and the next one and the next one. Otherwise we end up with like some of these hard style karate kind of things where a punch is thrown. I block, throw three punches, a snap kick, a finishing punch, and then I back off. Right. When the reality is from the first punch to his chest, his body's going to move. And now the target's not in the exact same space. For the other punches, the kick, whatever, right? It's just, um, it's the dynamics. It's the reality uh, of, of of the situation, right? So again, it's it's this misunderstanding. It's this it's this not being mindful of the situation, of the experience, of of the the dynamics of the situation, right? Um, everything from the words that were that that are being mistranslated, right? Not being double checked. Right. Uh, and I don't care if it's blind faith in the teacher 
or it's just laziness on the part of a solo training student. I don't care, right? Or just running around and collecting everything I can from YouTube and Vimeo or whatever, right? Um, it is, you know, it is what it is, right? Um, whether it's that or it's not understanding what it's really like to be hit or to hit something, the way a human body responds to that kind of thing, right? All of that is important in the training. And I, you have no idea how thankful I am to have trained with Hasumi Sensei, Japanese master teachers, the, the, the Westerners that I trained with and all that, that have been critical on making sure that the training experience matched these elements that, that are going to be going on in an actual situation. I mean, it's just, I, 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 I can't imagine what or how long my training would have lasted if I would be, if I would have been led down some of these other bullshit rabbit paths or rabbit holes um, along the way, you know? So anyway, um, who's on? I, I actually have to cut things uh, uh, short during this episode because I've got a family thing I've got to take care of. But um, who do we have on? Questions, comments? I thought I saw something come through from John Krepich, uh, uh, Jimmy, a couple other folks. Jimmy's on, said Konnichiwa. And Konbawa. I didn't see anything from John. Not on this end, anyway. Oh, okay. And uh, Richard Demio said, isn't that the idea behind Toshindo, a street applicable ninjutsu? Yes, it's the idea. I haven't been with Stephen Hayes for a long, long time. And it, we'll call it an amicable parting of the ways, and we'll leave it at that. So um, everybody, everybody says that that's their approach. And I'm not, I'm not saying that his is not. It, it is the approach, right? Um, but there are certain dynamics. And if everybody says that Hatsumi Sensei is a source or whichever grandmaster or whatever, then we need to make sure that what's going on is what's going on, right? I mean, the reality is that everything is tied to everything. Everything that involves movement of the human body is taijutsu. I don't care if you're gardening. Gardeners have their taijutsu, right? Horseback riders, right? Western riders have a different taijutsu than English riders, right? People that do the steeplechase and the jumps and all that have different skill sets than folks that are, you know, doing trail riding, uh, whatever, right? There are certain things that cross over, but, right? We can't get away from the base principles in Budo slash Nimpo Taijutsu, right? That uh, say that the knee and the toes need to be pointing in the same direction because when the knees flex, they're going to go toward the toes. Uh, if I turn my toes in like a boxer and he can shift to a certain angle, I'm making it really easy for him to snap my knee sideways, right? All these little things, right? And, uh, I, and I get it. A lot of students that they either don't know or their their fight experience has been, you know, base level human 
just better than cavemen, uh, you know, wailing on somebody else while they were being wailed on or whatever. But when we're looking at the scientific approach to things and the scientific use of the human body for maximum results from minimal effort. Uh, tactical and strategic application of things with minimal wear and tear on me in the process. That requires that I look at more than just, oh, since they stepped back with his right leg and he had his left arm forward uh, pointing at the eye's eyes. Yeah? How much weight distribution? What did his knees, ankles, and hips do in the process? Right? All those things, right? Do, do you have to? No. Some people are just intuitive, but that doesn't mean that you're not using it, right? You're not doing it, right? Anyway, and the more of these things, right? That Shekinah Hanamitz Daikomyo, we, we talked about that in the previous episode, right? Shekinah Hanamitz Daikomyo, everything, little D-Dharma, everything could be the thing, Bindu, right? could be the thing that uh, creates the understanding that we're looking for and takes us to the enlightenment we seek, right? So the more things we can learn, the more things we can be aware of, the more things we can control in a fight, ourselves, him, the environment, whatever, okay? And when I say fight, I don't just mean physical stuff because I teach NIMPO, right? So arguments, Stressful situations, internal conflict, whether it's PTSD, depression, uh, whatever, right? Okay. I've had depression momentarily. Okay. Things happen, right? Okay. I've had lots suffered losses and heartache and all kinds of things, but I'm not, uh, I'm not manipulated or controlled by those things. They don't dominate my life. Right? And even when I was being affected by them. Just slowed down the results that were being produced, but I was still working through them every day. But not focusing on those things. I still focused on what I needed to focus on. Okay? It's all part of needs to. It's all part of NIMPO. Okay? And don't get me started on the the turning the name of an organization into the style of a martial art. How many people were confused because Hatsumi Sensei did not appoint a successor to the Bujinkan. He gave Soke ship to these different other people, but, 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 but they're still part of the Bujinkan. Well, not my fault. Right. There are lineages that get Soke and there's an organization that may or may not have a figurehead a leadership team, a management team, whatever, but that doesn't change that these are two completely different things at the end of the day. The fact that they're operating together, right, that's like warrior concepts has an EDR self-defense program for people who don't want martial arts, right, which EDR stands for emotion-based defensive response. It's our Godai stuff without Japanese terminology and without formalized kamai so that people who don't want traditional stuff and uniforms and all that because they're averse to it, 
can still get the benefits of our training, right? But the EDR is EDR. Using the same principles and concepts modified for a certain mindset. But Warrior Concepts is the name of the organization that owns the program. And I just happen to be connected to both because I made them both. <laughs> right? So the ego, ego wants to gravitate to easy, cheap, fast, easy, right? It's why people buy most of the shit they buy online because people promise them fast, cheap, and easy. Sign me up. That means I don't have to work as much, pay as much, or do as much. Fucking A. Sign me up. And I'm still going to be like the best killer that's ever been, ever existed. Oh, awesome. And then somebody like me comes along and pisses them off. Oh, well. Anyway, I believe that most people, including myself, which I, I fight against this all the time, right? Everybody is surrounded by, by, surrounded by more than enough people who will tell them that they're right. They can stand at least one person in their life telling them the opposite. And the reality is the reason why most people are surrounded by yes people in their lives is because they created that. They avoid the no people and they're attracted to the yes people because they don't want to hear that they're not right. So there's that cognitive dissonance and what's the other one? Um, uh, confirmation bias. You put those things, two things together and you create a planet full of millions of monsters. Right? I'm only going to read, see, talk about or listen to people who say exactly what I want to say or what I want to hear. They're only going to do what I want to see. They're only whatever. Right. And cognitive dissonance. I, I don't want to, I don't want to think about or to pay attention to or listen to the fact that what I think and what I say and what I do are not, they're, they're not connected. Right. So it's easier to regurgitate the lessons of the Sanmitsu aligning of thought, word, and deed than it is to live it. But we were just talking about Taijutsu, so we'll, we'll wrap up on that, right? Just It's just it's just about Taijutsu. Ignore the rest. Ignore the rest. Right? Anything else? Anybody else other than the folks that die and all that? Because I can reply to them later. Hi, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Arista just, just threw in a question. Uh, should I be simulating the reaction most people have when we're practicing techniques? That is, if I have a different reaction, I just want to make sure I'm helping my training partner as much as possible. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. The, one of the first things I was taught as a white belt, new to this art, was how to be a good uke. And that doesn't mean fall down for them. That means to learn what the body's physiological responses are to different things so that even at the slowest speeds, I could simulate and duplicate the responses that my partner is going to get from someone based on the angle of the attack, the depth of the, of the punch or kick or whatever, the angle, the, all this stuff, right? 
I had to be able to simulate those things. So on one side, that's for them. On the other side, later on in the training, when I'm defending against and escaping from and neutralizing the effect, you know, ukemi, right? Receiving body, not just breakfalls, ukemi, right? Receiving and neutralizing the force of an attack on the body. Then I will be doing it based on an actual response, right? My torso is folding. I can't realign my spine. So how do I save myself with my legs during that strike, right? Um, Same thing, an attack to the legs, right? I understand how that's going to fold that back and how he's trying to put my the back of my knee on the ground before my butt gets there. So I need to be able to drop under that, right, so that the knee doesn't snap. But I need to understand those physiological responses. And what, what Arissa's uh, alluding to is some folks do not have, either they don't have the same neurological pain responses, right, or they're able to mentally, I remember because the way I grew up, um, being able to mentally disengage from, from pain because pain was a constant everyday thing and not because I was ill, right? So they're able to do that. So what ends up happening is they're practicing in class. And so they either, they do one or the other, right? Either they can't feel it or they um, are able to disconnect. So they're not giving a physiological response to their partner or for their partner, right? And so what that, what, what that usually translates to is they're operating based on the way they operate, not the way 99.8% of the population on the planet would respond or operate. So they're kind of forcing their partner unintentionally, but they're forcing their partner to learn based on a rarity or an exception than to the way it would normally happen, right? And we don't handle exceptions and what ifs and stuff like that until later down the line. What you want to start with with your training is defending against situations that are probabilities, not possibilities. And then you move to possibilities and hold rarities and what ifs way down the line, right? But you got to start off with, and that's why in our mod one, all the attacks are the most statistically the most common things that uh, defenders in the Western world have to have to deal with. And sorry, most of them, you know, you're not going to be doing uh, Seon or Tangeki or whatever, right? You're going to be doing basic evasion. Of course, you want to learn Kamai so that you make their job harder, right? But bear hugs and all kinds of things, things that in cer- certain scrolls and in, in certain lineages are going to be in the Chuden Nomaki, the middle-level scrolls, or in the Okuden, or whatever. Um, again, because of the way people fought way back in the day. Right? The reality is that in 21st century America, Canada, UK, Australia, whatever, right? Um, there's things that we're doing now that would have been on the what-if scrolls back then. And there's things that are in the primary scrolls there that should be in the what-if scrolls for us. Right? What's the likelihood that somebody's going to try to stab you or swing a six-foot staff at you that they just found laying around on the street? 
Now, what's what's the chance of somebody swinging a tire iron or a shorter piece of stick, club? You know, well, they could swing a pool cue. Not if I'm not in a pool hall or a billiard hall. Chances are, unless he was, I bump into somebody on his way, right? I, what the hell? Okay, again, that's a possibility because anything's possible. Probability? No. Probability in today's Western world, jabs, right crosses, and uppercuts. Maybe the occasional back fist. Clothing grabs, restraints to the limbs if I'm in, if I'm in certain fending positions, bear hugs, chokes, right? Those kind of things, right? Somebody trying to tackle me, that kind of stuff, right? Shoves. Not, you know, an attack with a shoto uh, from a bobi no kamai. I mean, what rock have people been living under that believe that they're going to do the traditional model alone and translate that to, you know, not getting busted in the face by three jabs before you get your, your clocks clean by that right cross. But somehow we're going to be magically prepared for that by only doing Sanshin and, um, you know, uh, Ichimon's no Kata or whatever. Not saying we don't need those things. We absolutely need those things to learn from them. But, again, that makes me another, you know, outcast, asshole, whatever, because, you know, I'm not doing it right. Well, you know what? I'd rather not do it right and be sur- and and survive, because I'm basing my training and my my interpretation of the art and what's been passed down based on the problems of today, than be living in some frickin' fantasy land and dreaming about being a warrior. Boy, if I lived in 15th century Japan, I'd really kick some ass. Yeah, I bet not. Anyway, all right, so uh, no, nobody else, nothing else? No, sir. All right, guys, I really do have to rush off. I've got to take care of something else uh, family-wise, and uh, that's before I can have my dinner. So <laughs> I'll talk to everybody again real soon. James, you and I have to set up a meeting here soon, so uh, I'll send you an email probably at 2.30 in the morning like I usually send things out because <laughs> uh, some of us have shit to do. All right, um, that's it. I'll talk to everybody again next time. If anybody has any questions, comments, uh, if you got a topic you'd like me to, to uh, discuss or, you know, whatever, um, let me know. All right. Uh, I think I have to update the Kuden topic schedule. We've got – I just added a couple of things to the Whiteboard Wednesday thing. So don't forget Whiteboard Wednesday, right? That's coming up this Wednesday. Uh, and we're doing part two on the knife defense stuff, knife defense psychology. This time it's me having a knife. It doesn't mean he doesn't have one, but this time, you know, with our thing, I'm going to be covering our four pillar framework for knife training uh, and taking a look at um, uh, the knife much more in depth. Right. Different, not just different types of knives, knives, but a framework for looking at it. Because, again, what we think about and how we think about it is going to dictate how we train. And for most people, they don't use nearly enough uh, uh, of the knife when it comes to thinking about how to use it, right? And there's one part of the knife 
that most people never considered. That's a huge part of Togakure weapons training. But hey, maybe we'll talk about that on Wednesday too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. James, thank you very much for your help. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Let me make sure I didn't hit anything else. No, I think I hit everything. So, all right, that's it. I'll talk to everybody again next time. Be safe, train hard, have a great week, and um, I don't know, read something. That's it. Talk to you next time. Get more of Kudan Radio. Subscribe to your favorite podcasting site or subscribe at ModernNinjaWarrior.com.